Hello, everybody. You're listening to The Big Chill Podcast. This is season two, episode nine, To the Moon. Big Chilians, welcome back to the podcast. Hope you got your NASA suits on because we're going to the fucking moon today, boys. Oh, starting off strong, just swearing <laughs> right out of the box. <laughs> just in case anyone was in doubt that this is an explicit podcast, there you go. Eddie, Sam, how's it going? Uh, not as well as it has been for some people, but then I guess not as badly as it has been for others. So I'm just middling along. I'm on the non-Wall yeah. Street type of life. Yeah, I don't own shares in a shit company. So I guess middling out in a way because I've missed out on all the fun. Uh, Sam, Frank, have you Sam, been a I part of the fun? If, if we are getting any Wall Street bet Redditors on and you start by insulting GameStop, we, you, are, you are. I hope just to anyone listening out there, if you want to redirect all of your energy from trying to destroy a hedge fund to trying to destroy Samuel Jones, I'm all for it. Wow. You are for the destruction of an individual friend's life as opposed to something you didn't even get involved in. I mean, Sam, on previous episodes of the podcast, we've discussed that I was willing to be murdered by Frank for podcast content. So similarly, if the internet is willing to just send some mean messages your way for content, I'm, I'm down with that. Wow, you really sell your friend short, Eddie. And speaking of short selling... <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah so uh which one of us which one of us has uh has listened to reddit for their wall street for their stock options and stock tips oh i'm in i'm taking down the system and how were you doing that exactly so i went in on gamestop amc and blackberry yesterday morning so just before everything kind of went, it was a duke of a curse on the Reddit. You managed to basically take Reddit down. You've destroyed the Robinhood app. Is that what you use to make your purchase, by the way? Yes. <laughs> yes. You destroyed Robinhood, which you duke a curse Robinhood to such an extent that now it's being like, I actually legitimately, I get, and we can kind of start here, I guess. I don't know how Robinhood recovers. Like, I don't know how an app who's... Well, very purpose for existing was to kind of um, demystify, democratize, shares, democratize, democratize. It. Yeah, it's literally their mission statement. Like, <laughs> yeah, and now suddenly it's like, uh, except when you guys all team up against us, that's not fair. Yeah, yeah, they weren't like the, the only idea, one. Though, that Frank, but I do like the idea though that Frank was actually genuinely going to buy GameStop shares, being like, oh, this seems like a sound investment. And then this happened, like almost like the <laughs> ultimate Duke of Curse. <laughs> that would be funny if I just randomly purchased it. But no, I went in yesterday morning and at the end of the day, I was up 20% on the investment. And then today it was down 30%. <laughs> Was so it was a 50% swing. 
is it four figured investment? Four figured. Three figured, five, four. I put two, I put 2000 in split amongst split amongst uh, GameStop, BlackBerry, AMC, and a little bit on Nokia. I've got some bad news for you. I'm going to reveal some breaking news here. I, I was late to the party, obviously, and I would have wanted to join the GameStop bandwagon and I've been able to. Unfortunately, the man prevented me from doing this, right? And so I decided to turn heel and I have shorted BlackBerry. <laughs> that has been my... <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, this has been my move. I am, You're against I'm the system, and, Eddie. I'm, or for the system, whatever the system is. I'm not sure what the system is anymore. Eddie's for the recorrection. You're for the exactly. market recorrection. Yeah. You're one of them, Eddie. I, You're one of them. Uh, I'm one of these people. What a conformist. Made, I've made this analysis and I've decided, do you know what I don't want to own a percentage of? A company that's probably going out of business pretty soon. <laughs> Call me crazy, though. I don't know that much about the markets. Oh, really? Is BBM still not a thing? <laughs> Well, probably on some message boards, but it probably means something else. But <laughs> <laughs> the uh, subreddits. Yeah, exactly. There, you could get some interesting subreddits if you just search for BBM. I'm sure you can but, imagine someone getting confused. Like, I want to invest in BBM. Oh wait, this isn't what I wanted. What's what's mobile phones doing here? Now, oh, wait, they're owned get, by Rim as well. So that would probably oh, yeah. be. <laughs> oh, maybe we should rethink it. Maybe it's just always been subliminal messaging. Yeah, but I guess it's interesting just to rehash exactly what's happened now. It's been all over every news source. Anyone who hasn't somehow figured it out by now, I don't know, even hiding under a rock. I mean, it's, or, it's pretty much broken Wall Street. Yeah, but what has been interesting to me to find out, for example, the number of people I know who kind of didn't know what Reddit was. So just having to explain to people, and I'm not talking about like my parents or people, you know, in their 50s or 60s or anything. I'm talking about people our age in their like late 20s or early 30s who didn't know exactly what Reddit was and didn't know how it works, didn't know it was that as popular as it is. That's been one of the more revealing aspects of this for me. I mean, it's simple, right? It's just like the ultimate message board. Well, that's kind of what's going on. Well, it is simple, but then I've had to explain it to people and I've been like, well, it's a message board. But then there's kind of like sub message boards, these subreddits that focus on particular topics. And if you become really popular on those message boards, you get put onto the bigger message boards. Like, <laughs> it, it, you know what I mean? Like it, it is simple and easy and fairly intuitive. But when you actually try and explain it, it's kind of like, oh, this is hard for me to tell you why the thing you post went outside of just your group of people and suddenly got shown to everyone. Yeah, it's, but it's, for it's been quite deride. So for context, right? Um, basically the Wall Street bet subreddit. Uh, I, so, I think it was one particular user at first had figured out that there was a very heavy short on uh, GameStop and encouraged other people on that uh, subreddit to start buying shares in GameStop with the idea of basically screwing over this one particular hedge fund that worked to the extent <laughs> that that hedge fund has gone out of business. Oh, it's well, collapsed no. now because I, I know it needed, it lost two billion and it needed like a bailout, but I don't know yeah. what that, it wasn't like a they government got, bailout. They got the bailout from, from like their main investors bailed them back out and gave them more money to go back in. 
Okay. So now it's like oh. they're replay. Like it's just keep going. This is what this is what's great about it. It's like who's gonna pull out first? <laughs> well, it is great about it, right? But then the irony of this, and this is we can kind of get onto our opinions of it, I suppose. But so BlackRock, which is the world's largest asset manager, as of December, it's hard to tell because you had you need the filings to be sure where they are, and they had a regulatory fi- filing in December. As of December, they own 9.2 million shares in GameStop. So they are one of the significant owners of it. So this whole idea that we're like shoving it to the man, you're actually making the biggest man even bigger conceivably. So that 9.2 million, those 9.2 million shares in GameStop would have on Wednesday, so yesterday, been worth $3 billion. Insane. Yeah. Oh, and the good. more insane thing. So when you then look at the three largest shareholders in GameStop, uh, their net worth collectively has increased by more than $2 million as a result of what has happened here. Two billion so Ryan, or million? Billion. Billion. Ryan billion Holder, would be pretty Ryan, inconsequential. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, probably not if you told them that. I bet you if you told True. them a week ago that their GameStop shares were going to be increased by $2 million, they would have been over the moon. They wouldn't have thought they were going to it, but they would have been over it. <laughs> Ryan Cohen, a 34-year-old, is GameStop's largest single shareholder. Um, he owns 13%. So his as of Wednesday again, when it hit its when it hit its high of $354.83, I know it hit a bigger high in uh, when it was be trading overnight, but that was its kind of high at the time for one time would have made it worth $1.3 billion. Uh, and Cohen's net worth over the last two weeks has increased by an average of $90 million a day, works out to nearly $4 million per hour. <laughs> and Game, GameStop stock has surged by more than 1,550% this year. That is, I mean, it's January. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so the, I mean, it's the ultimate luck out financially, right? This is the ultimate luck. Yeah. Out. Just completely random. And then the other two major shareholders, there's a guy called Donald Foss, the 76 year old founder and former CEO of credit acceptance, a subprime auto lender. And he bought 5% of GameStop early last year for around $12 million. That 5% hit $500 million at one point i can't help but feel like i dislike him already because of the word subprime i yeah. just remember that being the 2008 like buzzword for hating someone yeah he, he caused the 2008 financial crisis and now he's just benefiting from the 2021 crazy financial moves and then finally the uh, the third largest shareholder is gamestop chief executive george sherman who has seen his 3.4% stake increase to around $350 million. I mean, what a great few days for those guys. <laughs> yeah. What a roller coaster for those guys. Nope. Well, That's it's today. So today it it almost got to like 500 and then Robinhood shut down and then I think like three or four other what brokerages? I was gonna call them. Uh, I was gonna call them not bookies. I was gonna call them uh, 
firms or something, but uh, they all shut down being able to buy it. But it was such, it's such BS because if you're going to stop, you could sell it. Correct. Yeah. That's what's I think BS because if there's such volatility and you're like, Oh, if we, there's too much going on, then you should shut down just all buying and selling completely. You can't shut down buying and be like, Hey, you can't buy. No one can buy. So it's not going to go up, but you can sell. You want to sell? You want to sell? You sure you don't want to sell? Maybe you sell. Uh, Come on. That is manipulating the market. That's that's a little ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how I feel about all of this because in the, the, this whole thing has been manipulating the market, right? Yeah, like yeah, and I don't. That's what I think is great about it. One, like Frank, you are manipulating the market because you've got a load of traders on Reddit sharing tips and knowledge on something to do deliberately to manipulate the market. So by <laughs> extension, you are manipulating the market. Yeah, I mean, that's like another good debate is, is that like insider trading? All of whom have an interest, right? Because normally what happens is people who give that kind of advice, they actually don't own the shares in what they're kind of advising that you buy. Because, Or they have to disclose that we are, I am a shareholder in this. This is just, I mean, it's so difficult because it's just people bragging for the most part. I can tell you that as of 15 minutes ago while recording, uh, the Wall Street Bets chairman, I think self-titled, I believe, but he shifted when Reddit, because obviously one of the other controversies was the fact that uh, Reddit made the subreddit private for a bit, for a while last night, and also Discord took them off. So they kind of felt like they were also being uh, shut down, like their freedom of speech was being uh, infringed upon. He shifted to Twitter when his when the Reddit went private. And I think in the space of 24 hours, he has gained 631,000 followers. And he has just tweeted out, well, 15 minutes ago, asked, what is everyone buying tomorrow? So (laughs) this is just gonna never stop. And it's just people, I like suggesting a lot of the similar things um, and just picture, posting a lot of pictures of the moon. Well, Robinhood announced like an hour ago that they're going to reopen buying of like AMC and GME and um, BlackBerry in limited quantities tomorrow. So they're already the stepping back a little, little bit. bit. The damage is I, done. Yeah. I mean, at this point, either you open up completely and try and salvage the relationships you have with your customers, or you just go fall in and, be a corporate asshole and shut it down completely. I think this is going to be like one of those things where it's like the middle ground isn't going to work, but we'll see. Maybe they open it up more than people think. I don't know. To me, the issue is if you closed it down and they had like what they thought were good reason for it, as in they, what they thought was what is going on is somehow potentially dangerous to the market itself, which maybe it is. Like, I don't understand it well enough to know what this kind of volatility and totally unpredictable. I mean, volatility by its very nature is unpredictable, but this is even more unpredictable because it is literally people just naming shares on a Reddit and, and then just piling in. There's no rhyme or reason as to what they're doing. Um, I could understand them saying this is irresponsible. This is financially irresponsible for the market and we have to stop it. But if you've made that decision, there's no way you can go back. You can't say, 
well, we thought it was irresponsible, but public opinion has told us we got to let you do it. Yeah, and and the public opinion now has is favoring the Wall Street bets, which is great. There's a lot of people yeah. in support of it. So as of now, yeah. I saw things were posted up about from like Ted Cruz, Elon Musk, AOC. How about this one? Uh, Maya Khalifa, the ex-porn star, has, has voiced her disapproval of Robin Hood. Uh, ja Rule, Ben Shapiro, Elizabeth Warren, Mark Cuban, Donald Trump Jr. <laughs> What, you what know when all of these, you know, yeah, you know something's up when those people are aligned. When like Ted Cruz is agreeing with AOC, yeah, yeah, <laughs> when they're in the same up. group. <laughs> and look, this is funny at the moment, and for the most part, it seems like well, hedge funds are losing money, or investment funds are losing money, and individuals are making it. But this won't be funny if this spreads to just massive market volatility and everyone starts like if people's pension funds go out the window because a bunch of assholes on reddit decided that they wanted to do something and that's the issue here it's it's all fun and games at the moment because it's a bunch of people posting memes and it's a few companies that most people don't really care about having their stock price change but it will be a little bit different if the movement that they've created evolves into something that is incredibly powerful and then gets started, you know, starts destroying companies, destroying pension funds, destroying all sorts of things. Now, fundamentally, their motives are good in the sense that for the time being, they're trying to like prop companies up. But in the process of propping it up, they might smother some other ones. Wasn't there this initial thing where someone from Melvin Capital had said some very like arrogant things about short selling and he had kind of announced it to someone and therefore they, because one of the like overarching theories is that this has become a little bit more like generational. Like there's this feeling that Wall Street collapsed the system in 2008 because of their really terrible kind of gambling ultimately they were kind of imploded in on itself because they were just allowed to do all of this stuff and then there's this feeling that they're just doing it again they're allowed to gamble short sell they're allowed to do all these things because that oversight has now kind of relaxed a bit so this is a kind of millennial backlash against boomers ultimately it's kind of like we're like 30 20 year old people trying to take on these 50-year-olds that are just playing with money and gambling in the same way that they collapsed in 2008. I'm a little bit more anti-capitalist because of what's going on. I'll just say that. Yeah, look, it doesn't, it doesn't, fundamentally, it doesn't make anyone look good to me. It makes everyone who works on Wall Street look like complete assholes. It also makes the market itself look like a joke. Like, for all of my friends who work in anything relating to the stock market, you're wasting your lives. You are just pushing pennies around from one pocket to another, and it does nothing for the world. It does no good for anyone. And you cannot convince me otherwise. And Eddie Guevara over here. I mean, just this has just revealed the stupidity. Anyone who wants to tell you they're a stock market genius or there's some, you know, method to the madness in terms of how the market moves, all it takes is a few idiots 
on a subreddit to just destroy all of your research and thinking. So, I mean, it's just. See, Eddie, here's where you're wrong. You call them idiots, but they're not idiots because this is the best part of this whole thing is the actual subreddit itself. And when you go through and read some of the comments, so you were close. They don't call themselves idiots. They actually refer to themselves as retards. <laughs> that's what they call themselves. So I pulled together mm. about 10 or 15 of the best posts in, of the, just like the last hour. So let me, I'll start you off with this one. You retards are actually holding the line. Don't stop diamond hands. And that means like they have like all the different Crazy. symbols, you know, like like hold the diamond hands are like hold, like put the pressure on the diamond. They can't stop us. I'm so fucking proud of you. GME to the moon. Uh, AMC GME to the moon and hold. We are going back up. I hope you have your helmet on, retards. How <laughs> 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 about this is a good one? It's okay. I know how this one ends. Wednesday. A New Hope, Thursday, The Empire Strikes Back, Friday, Return of the Jedi. <laughs> I thought that was a pretty good one. I That's thought they were going to play with the word Jedi a little bit better, though, because yeah. the other two are at least... Yeah, I got some more better. good ones. If we give up now, we lose forever. This is our chance. This is our defining. This was a mov movement. Now it's a revolution. Hold the Wait. fucking line. Tomorrow is not D-Day. The battle is far from over. Good luck and keep holding. Oh my God. I mean, what's anyway. the aim here? <laughs> Hold on. Oh, the aim? That's a good one. Good segue, because this is the next one. I want to see a huge Shrek dildo tomorrow morning. Make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> that guy's just really into some weird cosplay. That's the interesting thing here too, right? Because the you can try and say the aim is either hatred and petulance, or it's fundamentally people have figured out like most people are doing this right because they think they can make money we can we can convince ourselves this is just an a they're trying to take wall street down they're trying to teach hedge funds a lesson and i'm sure there are people within the group who fundamentally are trying to do that but these people are trying to make money and that's why they're going to lose the game in the long run because they're up against people with a lot more money and that's what actually makes this really difficult to tell. It's like when I'm reading his Twitter feed now, what are we going in on tomorrow? And people are throwing out these suggestions. And sometimes you see 500 people agreeing that this is the share they're going to try and go for. But if all these people are just buying $200, $300 this share, it's not going to do anything. Now, if yeah. there's some bigger players within that, and if those you know, 500 people turn into 50,000, then sure. But that's the other thing that makes it so difficult to read. Well, there was a post on the Wall Street bets of a guy that was down 10 million. And he said, I'm fucking holding the line. You do the same. <laughs> oh so my God. there are oh people my God. out there that have that much on it. But then you know what? That's one of those things. If you're able to have the 10 million. Exactly. He's got the money to lose. He's, he's one of the guys they're trying to take down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's like, he thinks of himself somehow as a saboteur. But yeah. no, it's not. And that's probably the issue too. Sam and I were speaking about it before, but a lot of these people are probably, they probably work for hedge, hedge funds or investment firms. And these are their <laughs> private actions. But then yeah. at work, they're going in and doing the opposite. You know what they're I mean? Hid behind, yes, they're, they're hiding behind a username. That's all yes. they're doing. But look, it's fascinating. It's truly fascinating. 
Um, and do you know what it revealed to me today too? I am very comfortable uh, with betting on sports. <laughs> it's made you assured of yourself and what you're doing right now. I just realized that when I put my short positions in, I was so much more uncomfortable with that than I am with betting on the Kansas City Chiefs to win the Super Bowl. Like, and there's that to me is scary. The fact that something that is supposed to be kind of more predictable and reliable and stable terrifies me more than the idea of trusting Patrick Mahomes to throw for 350 yards. What you mentioned about the stock market, though, like there's hypocrisy here, right? So Elon Musk um, tweeted out, was it Game Stonk or whatever he yeah. tweeted out, which kind of exacerbated the situation. This is a guy whose stock market value is massively inflated against a company that can't even turn a profit. Like that's the idiocy of the stock market here. You've got a guy whose stock market position is inflated and his own worth is inflated going against the system that does that well, in the who, first place. Who also acknowledges that, right? I mean, Elon Musk has repeatedly said that Tesla, for example, is overvalued. And every time he does it, it drops by like 15%, but then it climbs back up because people forget that the CEO and founder has just said that this company is, is overvalued. So in a sense, you kind of have to respect Elon Musk because he's consistent. Like he applies it, you know, it would be one thing if he said to everyone, hey, Tesla, great business model, we're, we're gaming the system here. You don't need to make money. You just need people to be confident. He's just, he, he's acknowledging that the emperor has no clothes. The thing I've, I'm not sure on is I think some of these people, they think that the other emperor doesn't have clothes, but that theirs does. And fundamentally, everyone involved in this is naked. Okay, I'm really confused now about what you did. <laughs> yeah, that was a lot, of, a lot of clothing reference. I, I, I lost so, it. So, so who's, mean naked? Is, who's naked? What I mean is I think that, I think that some of these people on, you know, the people go into the moon. I think some of them are looking over and seeing the hedge funds and the investment, the investment firms. And they think these people, they're, they're, they have no clothing on. We have exposed them here for what they are. And the reality is they've exposed the entire system and they have shown that everyone involved in it, it's just a big game and it's really stupid. But like, I mean, some people have made crazy amounts of money out of this, right? Like I read a story about one kid who made $15 million or something out of his GameStop move. That's he awesome. just put all of his, he just put all of his life savings. He said it was the first time he'd ever wow. done anything on the stock market. He just put all of his life savings into GameStop. Because well, that's of the problem. Reddit. He'll probably become emboldened now and he'll be like, oh, I'm going to do this and loses it all. That's that same guy who said awesome. he's down 10 million today. Yeah. <laughs> and he's, we know what? He's holding the line. <laughs> he's holding. He's holding. <laughs> I, and that's the other challenge. When do you cash out? Because, you know, not Frank. only is it the. <laughs> oh, I mean, it's, yeah. for me, it's, it's pretty easy. It's when we get to the moon. What is the moon? <sighs> Eddie? You know the moon when you see the moon. That's not a value. <laughs> My fear here would be that, uh, you know, your, your goal is the moon. So let's just say that this is the Apollo mission. These are the Apollo missions now. <laughs> it took them 11 to get there. That's the thing you're going to be worried about. Frank, here's the question. Are you on an Apollo mission or are you on the Challenger? This is no, the situation uh, at the moment. Right now, it's like we're in Apollo 13 where everything's against us. But you know what? Okay. 
We're not going to make it to the moon, but I'll make it back to Earth. <laughs> so you are you Tom Hanks? Are you Kevin Bacon? Which one? Who are you? I'll be Bill Paxton. R.I.P. No, he, no, he's the guy that Christian Bale plays in The Big Short. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. He's like a glass eye and is sort of autistic, isn't he? Thanks, Sam. Yeah, you brought up the characteristics. So. I did actually see that one of the that that guy. I think it's that guy uh, went in on GameStop and made a ton of money. I saw that he. <laughs> yeah, he has been one of he's been one of those people. So. And that's the thing, right? Most of the people who, again, we're sticking it to the man, but fundamentally most of the people who will have made money out of this are just the kind of people who typically make money out of the stock market. Yeah. Like it's, it's not like the average person is suddenly shoving all in on GameStop. Frank, could I ask a question? Yeah. When did you invest and what happened to the stock after you invested I told you, I put in Wednesday morning and it went up like I was up 20% at the end of the day. Okay. I'm trying to figure out if there was a Duke of Curse in this. <laughs> no, no Duke of Curse in this yet. Slightly with the Robin Hood. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm concerned. I think tomorrow is going to be a really interesting day, right? Because tomorrow's the day they, they do buy back. So, so it should go up. Yeah, if there's going to be a surge, it's going to be tomorrow. Now, how whether people feel like they can prove something tomorrow and then they just abandon it and they've had their fun. But you know there has to be all of the... And like what's happened with Robin Hood and all the other stuff, it will have just made people more riled up and convinced that they have <laughs> to show people I mean, this is the yeah. I think I, I think you like. I'm in it now, and I have to stick in it at this point, just to oh, see kind of like I'm not gonna like crash to the ground, but you know what I mean. Like I'm willing to stick in a little to just see how this ends up because it's it's pretty funny at this point, just seeing like if people are gonna continue to pile on and pile on. I mean, like there was a point yeah. today where where you thought it was gonna happen right before Robinhood shut down. I mean, it was up from. 350 i think it started the day it was up to literally like 500 within an hour of opening the market like it was going and then like no one was able to buy anymore so <laughs> now it will be interesting but it'll be a fun ride to the moon yeah it'll be a bumpy <laughs> one <laughs> so before we get on to sports I've got one more non-sports related topic. So we talked a lot about Arnold and the best Arnold movies. We, you know, quickly touched base on what we thought some of our best were. Chance the Rapper posted on Twitter the other day a poll of Jim Carrey's best movies. These were the four he put in. The Truman oh, Show. Oh, could we guess? Could we guess what is for our... I mean, the Truman okay. Show was obviously going to be in there. Um, okay. The Mask? No. Uh, Ace, Ace Ventura. Ventura. No. First one. No. Ace Ventura is not in there. Nope. Um, Bruce oh, Almighty. It, nope. Eternal Sunshine of a Spotless Mind or whatever it's called. Yes. Oh, so he's gone, art, he's gone artsy. He's gone artsy. Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey. 
Chance the Rapper is such a hipster and he's had to pick the like hipster uh, Jim Carrey movies. Has he picked Jim Carrey's we... performance as the Riddler? No. <laughs> what was that movie? Was it the number 42 or whatever it was? That weird one he did? Oh, yeah. No, that's not in there, but that's Jackie Robinson. That's a different movie. <laughs> Don't get confused oh. if you go to watch 42 and wait for Jim Carrey to appear. <laughs> Because, <laughs> spoiler alert, uh, Jim Carrey is not appearing in 42. <laughs> at some point, I think he racially abuses a baseball player. <laughs> Number 23. That was the name of it. So sorry, I mistook one famous athlete's number for another. So the last two he has, I am not big fans of. All right. Liar, liar. No. Oh, I love liar, liar. I like that you're disappointed. Like, I should have known yeah. that you liked liar, liar. No, no, no. Because I said I'm disappointed. I just wanted to make it clear that I don't not like liar, liar. Uh, I don't know. Man yeah, on the I'm Moon. Gonna... The one he did about Andy oh, Kaufman. That's... Yeah. And then Very this one. stayed in character. Where every movie you guys have picked probably including the Riddler should be on it over this, the Grinch. I mean, the Grinch is infamous. Um, not good. Just have you ever watched that Grinch though? It's terrible. It's so weird. I guess it depends. Well, it depends on how old you are. Right. Cause I, I think we were all maybe slightly too old in terms of the Grinch came out when we must've come out when we were teenagers, I guess. If the if the Grinch had come out when I was six or seven, maybe I feel differently about it. Or yeah, if I had watched, like two thousand and two, I think it's like what we were sixteen or something then, which is not yeah, really 15, the audience yeah. for it. Or, I, mean, I or don't say know. Had I had say if I had kids, right? Maybe I would have felt differently too. So if I'd had a six-year-old kid and I'd taken my kid that Christmas to see the Grinch, maybe I walk away thinking, "Wow, the Grinch is a fantastic movie." I mean, I just don't know how you don't have. Ace Ventura, Dumb and Dumber, The Mask. I just, uh, Maybe I don't enjoy liar, any. Liar. I don't enjoy any of those movies. I, really? I don't like. I don't really? like Ace Ventura. I don't like The Mask. Oh my god! Why don't are like, you? Who are I don't you like to Jim, me? I don't. I honestly don't find Jim Carrey that funny. Anyway, the facial expressions and the weird body movements and just saying things in a weird way isn't humorous um but those are at least classics so uh, they should have been included because obviously if you think of jim carrey you think the mask ace ventura dumb and dumber dumb and dumber but i don't think they're good i'm not going out of my great. way if i see dumb and dumber on the tv i'm not stopping i'll put it that way uh, i i will stop for sure yeah i'll stop i'll stop on that one some great oh, moments in it. Like so many lines. So many great lines. Up. Yeah. <laughs> Dumb and dumber here. That's fine. I will <laughs> don't, inf don't inflate yourself. <laughs> not inflating some... myself by just not, not putting myself in the dumb and dumber category. Sure, Eddie. You're just a liar, liar. <laughs> also not good, although more enjoyable than... You're just dumb a riddler. I'll take that. Take a riddler. Yeah, I'd rather be the Riddler than either dumb or dumber. 
But so which one won? Surely uh, the Truman Show must have won. That is the yeah. best movie out of all those. I mean, yeah, that the Truman is Show is far. his best. It's his best movie and it's not close. It's his best non-comedy. It's his best like, yeah, actual movie. You know, like a lot of like slapstick comedies, I don't consider like real movies in the sense that, you know, you're watching them for a different reason. I, in the, the Truman 90s, Show is, I agree. In the 90s, the tr- I agree. Because of like, like the range there is like one or the other. It was like Robin Williams as well, right? He could either do very serious Robin R. Williams R. or a complete clown Robin Williams. And I say complete <laughs> clown because of, of Patch Adams. Like I'm allowed. Oh, to no, say it's just like calling Robin Williams <laughs> like a complete clown. Like you absolutely. Oh hate no, him. he's he's an Poor absolute woman. saint, and I love him. I love him. <laughs> Mrs. Doubtfire is iconic, but then to Sam. go from that to like Good Will Hunting, Sam is great. You, you loved him. I did love Robin. He can Williams. still I was continue say, to Robin love him. <laughs> now, once they're gone, they're gone. But. <laughs> Look, Robin Williams, if if it's a heavyweight fight, Robin Williams versus Jim Carrey, Robin Williams is the first round knockout. He wins easily. In what? In just like overall? I, I, stack, I, stack their movie, I stack their movies and careers against each other. Robin Williams wins. It's not close. Yeah, I think, but I think if you pick just comedies, I think Jim Carrey would beat him. No, because I think his, I think Ace Ventura and Dumb and Dumber are more iconic comedies than Mrs. Doubtfire. Doubtfire? No way. Yes. No way. I might give you Ace Ventura versus Mrs. Doubtfire, but I would still say Mrs. Doubtfire. No, I would say Ace Ventura and Dumb and Dumber stack up better than Mrs. Doubtfire as a comedy. That is not a chance. Hundred percent controversial choice i am not on board with your opinion there yeah no i mean you're wrong simple as that and then i mean he's got a host of other movies that i would say stack up pretty well as jumanji oh jumanji better more of a classic than anything jim carrey's done yeah jumanji's a great movie aladdin his performance as a genie is iconic. Yeah, I don't like animations though, as like counting them as real movies. That's so cheap. <laughs> okay. That's like when you go to Rotten Tomatoes and every 99% of Rotten Tomatoes is an animated movie. It's so annoying. Really? Hook? Hook? Yeah, Hook okay. is pretty iconic. Do you need a reaction from us? Or? Oh, I'm, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's, it's a podcast, Sam. So, so some kind of reaction would be good. Otherwise, it's just <laughs> otherwise it's just us saying sentences, and there'll be no, you know. I tell you what, we'll take oh. turns. Each one of us just says something. Like I'll say, you know what, I really like club sandwiches, and then you'll say, yesterday I went to the movies, <laughs> and we'll just we'll just do that for two hours, and we'll see. For the moon. Then I have got the wrong end of the stick of this for the last six months. I'm so sorry. <laughs> You're right. No, about Goodwill Hunting is absolutely classic too. Oh yeah, but I, you said comedies, and surprisingly enough, I don't find Goodwill Hunting to be that hilarious. <laughs> oh, I don't think Hook is really a comedy. It has comedic moments for sure, but it's I don't think you find that in the comedy section of your blockbuster. You don't it, want to know what section I'd find it in, but <laughs> I would say Dustin Hoffman not Hooker. is more. <laughs> 
Dustin Hoffman is definitely more iconic in Hook, but Robin Williams is still incredible in Hook. No oh, for a second, I thought you were just going to pick a random actor. And say yeah. he's <laughs> so Robert De Niro, I think, is more yeah. iconic. <laughs> no, no way. You think Hook, you think of Robin Williams. I think Hook, I think Robin Williams. I, it even took me a second to remember that Dustin Hoffman played Captain Hook. Yeah, I didn't know where you were going with Lucy, that at first. That's why I, I said I literally I wasn't thought you were say, just picking a random guy. No, you didn't need to. I didn't say I didn't remember that Captain Hook was in the movie Hook, Sam, because you you were about to say the clues <laughs> in the name, and the movie wasn't called Hook, as played by Dustin <laughs> Hoffman. So <laughs> the clue was not in the name. But legitimately, if you would ask me, put me on the spot just then, and said who played Captain Hook in the movie Hook, I wouldn't have come up with Dustin Hoffman. Legitimately. Good trivia question, I actually going to say, for a lot of people out there, if you're like us, occasionally doing some Zoom quizzes during lockdown and confinements. Maybe throw who played Captain Hook on your next one. So I like club sandwiches. <laughs> what kind of club sandwiches? Oh, ideally. What are your meats? Club. What are your meats? Turkey club? So turkey bacon. Turkey club. Turkey bacon, yeah. It's not a club sandwich if you don't have bacon in it. Yeah. Then it's just a turkey sandwich. So what defines the club? Is it the bacon or the triple decker part of it? I think it's really the triple decker, but I, I don't do. feel that. I don't feel that way. You can happily give me a single sandwich, club sandwich. I wouldn't be upset if I ordered a club and you gave me a very substantial sandwich that just was cut into quarters. I think the quartering is another key to a club sandwich. So if too, it just had turkey meat and bread but it was in quarters. Is that a club sandwich? I mean, I might want a little bit more. I don't need, I'm, not, I'm not just going to eat a sandwich that's just turkey meat in, in, inside of two slices <laughs> It's <bread>. so dry. Mmm, <laughs> I love turkey. You know what I always water. think about? I've always thought about turkey. How can I make this drier? But <laughs> So there's no real consensus, but it's usually a sandwich of bread traditionally toasted with sliced cooked poultry ham and or bacon lettuce tomato mayonnaise often cut into quarters or halves and held together by cocktail sticks modern versions yeah. frequently have yeah. two the layers cocktail sticks important the cocktail sticks say, important the sticks are important like quarters cutting it in quarters sandwich. quarters also important if you if you quarter it and you put a cocktail stick in it it's a club sandwich is that doesn't need the, a third layer. Doesn't it, need the third layer. Is that bread. what you have? To, yeah. Is yeah. that what you have to tell all the Michelin star restaurants? It's like, how do I make yeah. this a club sandwich? Quarter it, cocktail stick. You're good to go. Sometimes they call me in as a consultant on like kitchen nightmares and stuff, and my advice is always invaluable. How to make my kitchen more nightmarish? Do you mean how to make scream. the blandest food possible? Because otherwise, I won't eat it. Oh Christ! I'll Why are you buttering it. the bread? Just put turkey in it. Season mayonnaise? No, we don't get fancy with mayonnaise. <laughs> oh God, I am not having my reputation dragged through the mud, and the implications that I am a picky eater. All right, Eddie, you can get dragged through the mud for now, but we're going to be on that rocket to the moon tomorrow. I'll, I'll try and join you. Do you know what? For the fun of it, for the Friday, I'll give it a spin and see how it goes. But. Uh, I'm not optimistic. I mean, I think an issue is going to be whether you can buy it. Yeah. So, I mean, Robin Hood currently says it's in limited 
trading, right? And, and that's yeah. going to get eaten up so quickly. I don't know what they I guess mean. Even, like, <laughs> one, one person. Yeah, is it like one share per person or one share total? Yeah, mine, I don't use Robinhood, but yeah, I cannot do anything with it right now. So now I guess that can transition. Speaking of gambling, uh, a quieter weekend in sports ahead of us. Like everything kind of gets started. Obviously, no NFL this weekend. Six niche, six six nations. <laughs> really specific games. Yeah, the six, six niches. nations. I don't know. Uh, kicks off uh, in a week's time as well. So, like next weekend is going to be really busy. But this this we got the Premier League, we got the European football. There's a bit of cricket and stuff, but fundamentally, it's everything's a bit quieter. Yeah. So less for us to preview, but still a few stories from the sporting world. I know, Frank, you had one or two in mind that you wanted to bring up. Yeah, I think the obvious one, at least still sticking to the NFL, is the Deshaun Watson kind of not refusing to play yet, but openly requesting that he be traded out of Houston. Uh, it's a really crazy situation because the first thing that you have to think about that's insane is he's 25 years old. I mean, like you, you, that kind of gets lost in everything. He's still basically like a kid out of college, you know, like it's for what he's doing at age 25 to be kind of like demanding what he's demanding is kind of crazy. The other thing I think that should also be brought up was he was just signed to a four year, $156 million contract extension in September so was that six months ago now in yeah. contract through 2025. And what I think is now crazy about this is in his contract, he made sure to put in a no trade inclusion into his contract. So he couldn't be traded if they weren't happy with him, but now he isn't happy with them. So now he wants to demand to be traded. So it's, it's kind of a tricky thing where it's like you sign a contract, I get now with, with sports, people sign contracts and that's kind of meaningless, but you just signed the contract six months ago. I, I mean, your team wasn't that great six months ago and now you're without a coach that you probably didn't like and now you have a chance with a new coach and you're not even going to give that a shot. I, I don't know. I think it's kind of weird. Like, It's a little bit surprising how little of a backlash he's had because – it's not too dissimilar in many ways to what James Harden did also in Houston <laughs> and forced his trade to the Brooklyn Nets. They're kind of the same idea. And in both cases, they're guys who signed big contracts and then also publicly stated how much they love it there and how they want to be there forever and stuff. And then once things don't, basically once they've decided, well, I'm probably not going to win here. Now I want to go. Um, and it's tough because there's no loyalty in sports, right? And if Deshaun Watson had got injured, the Houston Rockets would have tried to find a way to get out of his deal. You know, you just Houston look Texans. at all the things. Yeah, Houston Texans. The Houston Rockets probably would have tried to as well. But <laughs> the And you see it, right? You see it. I, I'm a Niners fan. And are you? Yeah. Yeah. Niners Nation, I'm still here. Um, <laughs> and look prospect of Jimmy Garoppolo being cut and or waived uh, doesn't upset me. I don't feel sorry for him. So you could you could obviously say that if the shoe's on the other foot, the team's not going to feel bad about getting rid of you if they can. But 
the thing I find difficult with this one is fundamentally they were consistently a playoff team. He's not a quarterback who's never, it's not as if he's never been to the playoffs. They were pretty decent for a while when he first came into the league. It was only really this past year that they really weren't very good. Uh, and so you would think that they deserve a little bit of patience, maybe one more season just to say, hey, can we put it back together? Can we become a playoff team again? Just just to maybe provide another point of view on it, like when he signed the agreement, right, there was the coach that is now not there, the fire coach has gone. Um, they had was, a bit of a... Who, Bill O'Brien, who was also the general manager. So yeah. the GM and head coach at the time. And they also... They also fired their like PR, their main PR person, because they said they weren't cultural fit. It was like the only woman. So all I'm saying is that what if Deshaun Watson was sold a bit of a false promise on his contract signing that changed pretty rapidly in the months coming after that happened? Like, do you give him a potential bit of sympathy that, okay, he signed a mega deal and it's, it's hard to have sympathy when there's that much money involved. But simultaneously, if you were promised like a four-year plan or a five-year plan to make the Texans this incredible team, and then within months that's become toxic or the plan is gutted or the coach that comes in completely changes tact on what you were promised, would you feel a little bit aggrieved? The only thing I would feel, but I guess he signed, he must have signed his contract after this, I would have thought, but maybe I'm wrong in the timeline. The, September. DeAndre Hopkins, but when was Hopkins traded? Pre, I think before that, right? Because wasn't he traded pre- I think pre- it was before. Yeah, it's quite early. In the- so the Hopkins trade is the only thing to me where he could have March. felt as if, okay, so pre-draft even. Yeah. Then, then no, I don't really think he has a leg to stand on because that to me was the only thing where you could have felt as if the team sort of let you down because you had a legitimate weapon and they took it away from you. And that could upset you as a quarterback to think, oh, look, I thought I had stuff around me to help me win and you've taken that away. But he was happy to take the money in September. Then he can't can't complain about that. And I mean, his other big... At least publicly, what he's saying, his big complaint is, is that he wasn't involved in the process of hiring the GM and the head coach. Part of me understands me that a little, but part of me doesn't. Like your job isn't to hire GMs and head coaches. The organization is putting its pieces together accordingly, and they've put you under a contract to be the quarterback. So they're obviously going to pick someone who's in the best interest of utilizing you. Like they're not going to bring a head coach in who says, oh yeah, you just signed Deshaun Watson to a five-year deal. I'm, I'm going to sit him on the bench. Like obviously they kind of have an idea of what they're going to do. And what happens if next year you go out and tear your ACL and you're done for the year? Like your job is to play quarterback, not to pick the head coach and the GM because who knows what's going to happen down the line. Like you're the player, be the player. Plus, if you do put a player in a position, especially when at 25, right, we're not talking about Tom Brady should have influence over who gets hired as the head coach or whatever. Yes. Because, you know, he's been around the block, kind of knows everything. He's as qualified as anyone else in the NFL to make that decision fundamentally. But if you're giving Deshaun Watson that level of power, then as a head coach, you would come as if you, you would feel as if you came into the league sort of hamstrung in a little bit in the sense that, you know, well, if this guy gets pissed off with me, then I lose my job. 
Oh, for sure. I, uh, I can't I can't be as angry or upset or as direct as I want to be with this player because if he goes and talks to the owner, I'm gone. And that's always going to be the case, right? I'm sure J.J. Watt, if he hates a head coach, and supposedly, right, that was part of the reason why Bill O'Brien left, is that he and J.J. Watt got into a kind of fight slash altercation on the practice field. But that had to, you had to break that relationship and be doing badly, and it took a long time. But if you thought three months into it, if I want to tell this guy off, if I want to tell him he's letting the team down, his reaction might be to just get out his cell phone and text the owner and say, this head coach has got to go. Yeah, there's a bit too much kind of soft power in that. But my point is, like, what if the what if the culture of the team completely changed? Like, we do see this in football as well. Like, Ozil um, is a good example uh, where a manager signs him because of the play style that he wants and it makes sense for that team. Manager gets sacked. Say they sign a massive contract that keeps them there for years. Manager gets sacked, new manager comes in and they're like, you know what, I've got a pressing standard, you make no sense in my team. So could that have happened to Watson, where it's like, this is the style we're going to play and this is why I'm signing up and this is what you promised, then you sack your head coach and that place style goes out the window. That changes. It's, it's right. Yeah, I mean, it's tough with Ozil, right? Because his perception of the culture is going to depend a lot based on which one of his eyes he's looking at out of at any particular time. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, no, you're right. And it's, and here's the thing. We, we always forget that oh, they're making tons of money and they're living what look on, you know, looks on paper to be an incredible life. But their happiness at their workplace is no different to how we assess how we're enjoying work or enjoying the time with our colleagues or how we see management in our jobs. The scale might be different and the fundamental tasks involved are different, but they're allowed to be annoyed. And I, it must be tough as an athlete because you know that everyone tells you, you should just think of how lucky you are. Everyone wants your job. Everyone will want to be the quarterback of the Houston Texas, so Texans. So stop complaining, shut up and get on with it. And part of me feels like they're right. But then I also understand why you'd feel differently when you're in the position. Well, like if, if you go off your analogy, though, it's not like if I'm unhappy at my job here, I can walk into the dean's office and be like, I demand you switch me to another university and I'm going to choose what university that's going to be. You know, like <laughs> we, I don't have that power. <laughs> so, No one in my work, if I said you guys are all letting me down. This isn't good enough. I'm not hanging around unless you make radical changes in the management and style and strategy. They'd say, there's the door over there. You don't have to hang around. Yeah, I get it. But he's in the spotlight, right? There's going to be media attention on what he does and the interactions he does. Like for Frank's situation, I wouldn't be surprised that there's people doing that privately. You just don't hear about it. Everyone can do it privately. Everyone, you got to massage that message, right? And go and see your boss and say, I'm not happy with this. And, you know, I think I contribute, but I, I don't know how long I can do this if this doesn't change or if that doesn't change. Everyone's entitled to do that. But this kind of ultimatum and fundamentally basically threatening to go on strike, which is, and which is, again, we've discussed it before. The mind blowing thing about America in many ways is that. It's a world, it's a country that is terrified of socialism and communism. And yet 
its sports are the most heavily union protected things in the world, the most socialist and con communist sort of, you know, enterprises you could ever imagine in, in so many respects. And this is another one. It's like people will idolize what Deshaun Watson's doing, but then they should also, they'd also think, well, you should just be able to be fired anytime if you were just working at Burger King. Well, on the, on the radio, they were arguing that the issue with American sports is that the players don't hold the power in like their contract and what they can do. And they were comparing it to European football saying that they do have more power and say over kind of where they go and, and where they play. Wasn't sure if I completely agreed with their argument. The other thing on the side note was they were talking about like Messi and Ronaldo and how like they can kind of dictate where they want to go. And then the guy said, you know, I'm, I'm talking about Messi and Ronaldo because, you know, that's the caliber that Deshaun Watson is. And I thought that was a little extreme. Like I, I love Deshaun yeah. Watson. I'm a huge Deshaun Watson fan. He is nowhere near the top five QBs of all time. You know what I mean? Like no. Messi Ronaldo, you're talking yeah, yeah. about some of the best soccer players ever. Like Deshaun Watson about, right like, now. Brady Rogers or something like that. Not even Rogers. Not even Rogers. Oh, no, maybe you're talking I'm, Brady, maybe Mahomes if he keeps it up. No, no, no. But Mahomes is young. It's the point. No, you're, you're, Messi you're talking, and Ronaldo yeah. are kind of in the You're talking Brady Manning. Brady Manning. No, yeah, Pey Peyton. Or, yes. No, but, but I, I thought people are around now. Eli. The, people are around now. The only, Pupa. The only, the only quarterback who you could compare to Messi or Ronaldo is Tom Brady. Yeah. No one else. Because you're talking about people who've won multiple things, who've had long careers, who've been at the very top of their sport for nearly two decades. You, you can, even Aaron Rodgers, right? He's been great, but he's not won that much. So, I mean, Deshaun Watson hasn't even been a first team all pro ever, like let alone an MVP. <laughs> I mean, imagine if you did a draft, right? If you, if you, did a kind of fantasy style draft if you just made everyone in the league a free agent and then you created a, everyone each franchise got a pick Deshaun Watson's probably not in the top five are we doing so this is always the argument is this a one-year draft or is this a franchise draft e either way I don't think he's in the top five yeah he might Quality be fifth. Florida back in the moment oh, yeah Mahomes but Brady Rogers, Watson. So, so wait, what? So, in a one-year draft, you're still taking Tom Brady? I know this is crazy to say that because he's in the Super Bowl, but I, I still wouldn't have taken him. I've no, seen no, enough of his play. Mahomes, Rogers. You said Brady. Oh yeah, I would take Brady. Yeah, you did say Brady. <laughs> Man, that CTE is rough. It kicks in after five seconds sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, what if we did this? What if we did a draft of all the QBs? Who would yours be? Okay, so Mahomes, we're all in agreement, is number yeah, one. Mahomes. Honestly, right now, and we're saying we're saying not for one year. We'll go on the pre the premise that you're franchise. you're building your franchise. Honestly, right now, it's a little bit of a gamble. I would take Josh Allen number two. I'd take Russell Wilson number three. Because so you're not taking Rodgers at all. Probably got three more years left in him. I'm probably taking Rodgers four. Um, I've got to try and, I mean, here's the thing is, I take Joe Burrow before I take Deshaun Watson. 
No, get out of here. Now you're just being obnoxious. Really? If, if, I mean, my question mark would be over his recovery from his injury. That would be the thing. I'd, I'd like to be able to know where he's at there and to test the, whether or not he's going to be able to get back to that same level. So no, right now I wouldn't be. But if you told me he's back to full health, I'm taking Joe Burrow. Fundamentally to me, Deshaun Watson, if you don't win, you don't win. Like you're the quarterback. There's a moment where you got to win. And so far he's not a winner. He, he struggles to win his division, and most of the time his division is pure garbage. Like, this is yeah. what bothers me. If he was That's that a good... That's wrong for that division. Oh, now the division looks better, but for most of his career, that division has not been very good. He's 28 and, five, 28 and 25 lifetime. Wow. So... <laughs> Just above 500, like just where I want him to be. Well, I mean, that's a little unfair though, because he was three and three his first year when he came in at the end of the season. And he was 11 and five, 10 and five. And then this year he happened to be four and 12. So, I mean, he had, he has two, two out of three years are good. That's what the division get harder. This is when the division, division everything. was harder. And then the Colts became pretty good. And then suddenly it was hard to win those two games. And the division Titans. improved. Yeah. The Titans became good in that time span, so that became hard to win those two games. But when he came into the league, the Titans uh, would have been a, just a gimme. But, look, I mean, he's good. I'm not trying to say I wouldn't take him. I, he just probably wouldn't crack my top five. But I would be very happy if I had him as my quarterback. I'd feel like you could... I'm saying he's not a winner. I feel like you could win a Super Bowl with the Sean Watson. But I don't... I don't think he's sometimes, I don't think he's as good. Sometimes he feels like an empty, he's like drinking a milkshake. That's where I put Deshaun Watson sometimes. It's just, it's kind of enjoyable, but it's fundamentally all just like empty calories and not getting you anywhere. But it, it tastes good and it's not bad, but it's never going to be your favorite thing in the world. And it's never going to be, you know, you look puzzled, Sam. Is that a banana milkshake? I uh, know you'd want a banana. Banana milkshake? Or you'd That's your go-to pretend. milkshake? No, absolutely he, he, not. Chocolate. Uh, Chocolate milkshake. He, he just wants to pretend it's a banana. Do you know what Eddie's favorite milkshake flavor is? Unflavored. <laughs> <laughs> club sandwich milkshake. Just no, club sandwich. <laughs> Look, I'm not a psycho. I don't drink milk. Skimmed I'm, milk as well. So for starters, I don't drink milk. I do like milkshakes, but I would never ever why, drink a glass of milk. Why are you a psycho if you drink? I milk? find I find adults who drink milk to be really odd. Oh, I drink about a pint of milk every other day. So weird. It's it's super American for starters, right? It's a very American concept, it's, and it's very but, a white white American concept. Like yeah, Carissa rips into me all the time that I drink milk. I think it's really odd. The only time I would ever contemplate drinking milk, and I wouldn't really drink it, but if you did give me like a glass of milk and some cookies, <laughs> I would happily dip Aww. my cookies in the milk and then I would drink it afterwards. But I don't even drink, I don't, when I finish my cereal, I'll scoop it up to try and get it up. I wouldn't drink the milk out of the cereal bowl. That thing's so going down the drain. In the, I don't know if you guys had this, but in the UK, they used to have these Nesquik straws. So the straw was chocolate. So uh, when you drank milk, obviously it went through the chocolate straw and came out with like a chocolate flavor. That's psychotic. That was that was iconic as a child. No, just make chocolate milk. 
why is this hard? Just make fucking chocolate milk. When I was a senior in high school, I used to make cookies like every week. And then every night before I went to bed, I would have two cookies and a glass of milk. And I would dip the cookies into the milk (laughs) every day for like a good 200 days straight. Yeah. Two hundred, four hundred cookies. I'm now, I'm now, I'm now picturing you in in a sort of, you know, one of those old fashioned nightcaps. Yeah, you know, the, what with, yeah. like a candle with like with a, a candle, candle and the hat on. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and what like just, um, Scrooge in um, exactly a Christmas exactly. Carol, <laughs> and then and then maybe kind of like the Waltons too. You'd be shouting out to your family like, "Good night, Frank boy. <laughs> Good night." <laughs> That's a reference. I mean, it's a stretch for me, but that's a reference some of our younger listeners are not going to get. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, you don't. To you touched on the point of whether or not European footballers have more player power. I think they kind of do, and and player power to me here. So, I mean, interestingly enough, BT Sport, which is the kind of I mean, they're linked to ESPN. It's kind of an equivalent of ESPN here in the UK. Just did a documentary about uh, Bosman, who was the player who went to the European court over the rights. Because for a long time, when your contract expired, fundamentally, it was kind of a contract for life because it was the club that you were contracted to had to give up your rights in order for you to be able to move. Um, and he petitioned for the ability that when your contract expired, that you would just be able to leave on a free and go and find a new job. Uh, and he eventually, you know, he won that. Uh, and so you don't really hear it anymore, but for the longest time, people would talk about players leaving on a Bosman. On the Bosman, yeah. It's you, weird we never that's hear, now gone. Yeah. yeah, you never really hear it. People just go on a free transfer. No one ever says Bosman anymore. Um, but... Uh, what I will say, and and that was obviously too much power in favor of the clubs. I find it tiresome sometimes now supporting a football club where a player signs a new contract and it feels like immediately you have to almost start the process of renewing that contract to keep them happy. So like the superstars at your club will sign a contract one summer. They'll probably sign a new one the next summer. The contract is meaningless, but basically every 12 months they're getting a raise and the only way you can keep someone is to constantly be getting them on a new contract and keeping them with two, three, four years left on it at all the times. I find yeah. it a bit tedious. It is a bit tedious, but I think agents are primarily the reason behind that because you've got someone's, someone's fundamental job is to get you the best deal and therefore themselves the best deal. So all they're going to be doing is constantly talking through the backdoor channels with other clubs how much would you pay for this player? What would you pay them? Okay, now I'm going to go to that club and fake price match almost to keep you there. Like that's all they're doing. Like agents are a real scourge on football, in my opinion. Yeah. And, and, and while we're talking about football, you know, um, two episodes ago, we had a really fascinating long discussion about the offside rule. And uh, I'm so mad you cut out all the stuff I said. I mean, I had like 15 minutes worth of discussions with you guys and you cut all of that part out. Oh, you can bring so it up, it you can bring it up like... again now if you want. You can bring it up again now for Frank if you want. And look, since we had that discussion, you know, we, we just sensed the importance because that was obviously in reaction to um, Manchester City's goal uh, where against, who was that? West Brom, right? It's hard for me to even remember which matches were which. Was that? Wait, West Brom was the recent one. The Red West Brom was this week. Villa. It was Villa. It was Villa. Villa last week. Um, and then this week they had more 
controversy about the offside law when they scored their second goal against West Brom uh, in an incident where uh, I think it was Sterling was flagged for offside as he was put through on the right. Play continued. A couple of West Brom defenders completely stopped playing and then Cancelo curled the ball into the top corner. And then there was a, about three minutes of confusion while it was... T- Try, everyone tried to, I mean, no one celebrated the goal for starters. It was his first ever Premier League goal. So it was a bit bizarre and a really nice goal too. Just no reaction from them. Um, and then a couple of minutes where they tried to figure out, even watching it, I wasn't sure was the goal ruled out and now they're trying to decide if it stands or... And it, it, yeah, it comes down to that wider problem, right? Of when do they consult? When do they just listen to the lines person? Well, and here's the thing, right? Quite rightfully, the referee hadn't blown his whistle. The flag had gone up, but play had continued. And so all those players should have played to the whistle and then seen if the referee was, you know, you might've been in a situation where the referee disagrees with the, with the linesman, or in this case, lineswoman, um, linesperson, uh, or if, or, or even if not, you know, especially in the, in the era of VAR, you should keep playing because you just never know what's going to end up happening. So we discussed it last week. I felt like this was more an exposure of bad defending than it was of I, I'm, rules. I'm with you this time. I'm with you this oh time, God. Eddie. Like, ultimately, this is like a 101 of defending, but also football in general, is that you just do not stop until a referee has stopped. I think it's it, it, it's it's every sport, right? I mean, if for yeah, anyone that's, listening, that's any sport, sport you've played, it's play to the whistle. Like every sport, it gets drilled into you. So for professional athletes to just be stopping, it's crazy. Um, but the one issue it raises, and we were discussing this beforehand, is should they fundamentally should they almost never put their flag up should should it just be a case of if it's if it's in the attacking third should they almost just let play continue and then see if it leads to a goal now maybe if it's a really blatant offside you do but if it's in any way close and i think their instruction is to keep their flight i was gonna say isn't that what kind of what they're doing already now like to me it looks like the instruction yeah. They keep it no, down it a lot more than they used to. The, the instruction is that if something is borderline, let play continue because ultimately the technology will help you. Yeah. But maybe it's just don't do it at all. I mean, maybe get rid of the flag. Maybe they just <laughs> say through the headset, which they have with the referee, maybe they say, I think that was offside. Um, maybe don't need the waving of the flag anymore because you could it do doesn't. What well, is the argument against that? that having to constantly stop for VAR is going to disrupt the flow of the game. Yeah. So I said this idea to Sam before we started recording and then I thought about it for a second more and realized, well, that's all well and good in in incidents that lead to goals and where you're going to, going to review the offside. But if it's just a random moment of play, like a, like a goalkeeper's punted the ball downfield and a, and the forward is offside by two yards, you're not going to go to VAR every time. The game's going to literally last seven hours but it reminds me of like every occasionally when you watch an nfl game and then it's under two minutes and it's like a team's got the ball first and goal and then like they score oh wait review they didn't score and it's like oh they scored oh wait review again they didn't score and it's like come on dude this has been a 30 minute drive for two plays here like it, it 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 can be too much yeah 
also think of the other thing. If you took the flag away from the mines people, what would they do with their arms? They just kind of wave them, wave them for attention, kind of like hey, but also just here. just also while they're standing there, right? The the flag allows them to kind of hold it down by their side, and it gives it gives purpose to both of their arms because you see the flag and they are holding it sort of in a sort of army, sort of military almost like position. But if they just had empty hands, they'd just be they'd look like the fourth official. They'd just kind of be casually standing on the touchline. But hey, you can be happy there, Frank. We wrapped up seemingly a discussion about the offside it only took a couple minutes but if you if anyone missed our previous episode and really wants to know our thoughts about it just go back a couple episodes give it a listen you got the most enjoyable 30 minutes of your life if you're having trouble sleeping maybe put it on yeah and there's no comments for me so people like ollie will be really happy and he can go fuck himself <laughs> oh wow oh. wow explicit again we're only getting the explicit wow. warning because of you really yeah. but uh we should also, I guess, acknowledge the fact that Liverpool uh, finally, after I think nearly eight hours of football, <laughs> do we have to? <laughs> after nearly eight hours of football, finally solved their goal-scoring problems tonight with a three-one win over Spurs. Uh, wasn't the prettiest game for large parts, but yeah, keeps them in the title race. I think officially, even if it doesn't officially, but it fundamentally takes Spurs out of it. I would say, but. Well, one team that didn't help their title chances was United. And I'm not talking about the winning Sheffield United. <laughs> oh, on you. Oh. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, that was surprising just because Manchester United have been so good at beating bad teams. Uh, and they've also been really good at home, right? So they had that going for them. And they'd even also been good from, at coming from behind. Uh, so when it went one all, I, I was pretty certain they were going to win. It kind of just felt like a lot of Manchester United games that we'd seen this year where they don't look very good and then they're down, then it's level and then they, yeah. and they do just enough to get the three points. And instead their defending just wasn't good enough in both instances. Um, I mean, they've always had defensive frailties and it's kind of been masked a little bit because, you know, these two, one wins, one, no wins, but yeah, it was a bad performance. It was a pretty bad performance. Um, I don't. And and hey, as some of the, some of us have predicted at the beginning of the season, and even said again a few weeks ago around Christmas, it's Manchester City's title. They're going to cruise to it now. Honestly, I think they're going to cruise to it. I well, said this. Were, I, I Christmas. I tipped them up as well. I tipped them up. At I know, the but at Christmas, season. at Christmas, I said I think they could end up winning this by sort of six to ten points. I think it's going to be easy for them. I think. This is, we, we, it's going to be kind of an anticlimax because we'll we've all convinced ourselves, right? That this is one of the most exciting and sort of ever-changing title races in a long time, just because multiple teams have been involved and there have been so many different teams at the top of the table. And then we're going to get to the end of the season and go, oh, guess what? Manchester City won pretty easily. Who saw that coming? Well, United, United just can't keep up with their own cliches. You know, they couldn't do it on a cold Wednesday at home against the worst team in the, in the league. If you can't fit that cliche, then you're not going to win the league. <laughs> it flows off the tongue smoothly. So, but yeah, I think Spurs have just looked a bit average recently. And I just, I, I think they're out of it. Um, West Ham surprising everyone at the moment by just winning and 
kind of subtly just going up the table in a weird way. I like uh, that assessment. West yeah. Ham surprising everyone really by just winning. Winning. That's... Yeah. It's I, I, I'm in a group with a West Ham fan and he seems almost apologetic for like throwing everyone off. What kind of group? Like, this, this wasn't meant to happen. He's like, this Sam, wasn't meant to happen. You're not supposed to talk about other people at Alcoholics Anonymous. You're supposed to keep their keep them quiet. No, I think it was a group that Vasilis goes to in Paris at night. Yeah, it was a oh, swing you had to pay for it. Yeah. Oh, is it Scarlett Johansson? Is she a West Ham supporter? <laughs> Every time she like pops up on TV now, if I'm watching a movie or something like that, it's a movie she's in. I cannot get just the picture and the idea of Vasilis' story out of my head. That she is secretly going to Paris sex parties with a strap just, on. <laughs> just call me Black Widow. <laughs> Cheap ones too, right? That's the other key, right? These are not super exclusive, incredibly chic parties. These are 20 euros at the, the door kind of, and a six yeah, pack of kind of, what? Uh, Cronenberg. Like, <laughs> yeah. But no, uh, maybe. Hopefully, when post-pandemic, maybe we'll get some first-hand information on those from Vasilis. Or maybe, you know, goal for the podcast, get uh, Scarlett on interviewer and surprise her with that question. Just go through a really standard interview up until sort of 20, 30 minutes into it. Just ask her about her upcoming movies and some of her previous work. What was it like being in Must in Translation? And oh, speaking of hotel rooms in foreign countries... I hear that you have a sort of a penchant for attending sex parties in Paris. Would you like to tell us about those? If, <laughs> if Vasilis comes through and can lead us to one of those sex parties while we're all in Paris together, we have to do a live podcast from no, 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 the no. sex party. Frank, I just want to clarify something. Vasilis could undoubtedly lead us to a sex party while we're all in Paris. I just want to make this clear. That is not a hurdle or an obstacle in any way. The question is Scarlett Johansson there. We can go to, we could all of us go and do the weirdest podcast ever. We could do like the equivalent of Louis Theroux's well, sort of weird weekends or whatever he called them. We can do, you know, big chills, weird weekends, but can you imagine uh, just we show up with a bottle of champagne, our mics, and like a like a yeah, like a bar stool. That's the thing. Like we're all walking around. We're stool. just all walking around Paris with our mics. <laughs> just do, and like, a bar stool. Do, you need to sit on something. Just do <laughs> just do some live commentary on on what's going on. We could give it a go. You never know. Maybe they just want walk the in on someone. Just walk in on someone having sex, and it's like, okay, this is an interesting room. <laughs> You can lead a horse to water, Frank, but you can't make it drink. That would be us at the sex party, basically. <laughs> like, Vas can lead us there, but he can't get us involved. Well, Sam, if you got involved, you might surprise a few people. <laughs> there, might be, <laughs> there might be one or two guys there who did not expect certain types of actions suddenly going on. <laughs> it's always good to throw a curveball into things. Yeah, depends where you throw it. So we've covered the financial markets. We've covered Deshaun Watson's contract situation, trade situation. We've talked about the offside law again. Any the other topics you like? To... The composition of a club sandwich. Yeah, exactly. 
any other topics that you'd like to cover before uh, before we wrap it up and and look forward to a busy week? I forgot this weekend is the Madden Super Bowl, isn't it? Where they do the generated computer um, uh, game. Frank, how much Frank, how much are you going to be betting on that? <laughs> <laughs> Well, once GME goes to the moon, then I'll have enough to throw in on that. <laughs> you should try and push it on a subreddit. I mean, yeah. I mean, is your pick for that fundamentally your pick for the Super Bowl? That would be an interesting one. Do you feel more confident about one? I feel more confident the Buccaneers would win the Madden simulation than I do that they'd win the real life Super Bowl. Well, you can go on. It sounds stupid, but because you could probably stat people up in real life, right? You could say like accuracy, long ball throwing accuracy and all that, but that matters in a computer game. So you'd probably want to weigh up. Hmm. I would be and more look, inclined I, to go Chiefs. I don't want to ruin my pick, right? Because part of it also will be, is Madden using the actual rosters that will appear in that game? Because there's a number of injuries that might change how I feel about the Chiefs there offensive line is is a little bit weakened at the moment so that would be another thing i'd want to watch be well no before making my madden prediction or before making my real life prediction can you bet on it can you bet on the madden game because surely Actually, it's just the surely it's just absolutely the, the super bowl absolutely you can bet on it do you see my point? Surely the line would just be very similar to the Super Bowl. But I guess then it's they do the stats at the start of the season, though, don't they? So I guess it's no, they update the roster. Oh, they, oh, they, they update weekly, don't they? Yeah, yeah. So. They even in Madden they update the the commentary weekly. They add new things in. So surely the line is just the Super Bowl. It's, if they did it accurately, yeah, mm. they would work yeah. out. I always found that off-putting when, whenever I do my Madden franchises with one of our mutual friends, we used to do, do it all the time. They'd add the new things in, and then you'd get weird references. So like you'd be, it wouldn't be your real life, but then suddenly it would be. Well, Tom Brady had a really good week last week against Aaron Rodgers, and then you're like, none, none my universe, he didn't. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes just threw that one to the moon like the GameStop stock. <laughs> oh God. No, you don't get that one. That was terrible. Would you ever do a double? Would you ever do like Bucks, Bucks, Madden, Super Bowl? Frank's probably already done it. Wait, what? So would you do like the Bucks to win the Madden Super Bowl and oh, then the Bucks and... to actually win the Super Bowl? I would do Bowl? the Chiefs, Chiefs. Okay, well, either, you know, I guess you're giving away your pick maybe. But like, he's, he's giving away his pick. Give away my I'll Madden pick. Pulling. I have to be political now, and and I got to pick the Bucks just to hope to to win the postseason contest. And I'm going to pick overtime, Ty. Oh, that would be an interesting twist. Threading you know that needle. <laughs> I might even give it to you that if you want to be bold and you want to predict overtime and one of the teams to win, that I'd give that to you as like the extra win. We can discuss this in full next week. But I don't know about that. I mean, might... there's a pretty good chance this game goes into overtime. I mean, is well, there? back in. Back in. Is there? Should be close. When was the last time a Super Bowl went to overtime? Well, Patriots Falcons. Not that long. Ago. <laughs> oh, of course it did. <laughs> like two yeah. years ago. <laughs> good shout.
uh, longer ago than that, but yeah, it feels a lot more recent than it actually was. But here's an interesting thing. No, it was two years ago. Two Super Bowls ago. Falcons? No, no it was like four. four. No. Like I thought that's the one that Brady beat Mahomes in the AFC Championship. So last year was Niners Chiefs. The year before was Patriots Rams. Oh, Patriots Rams. That's right. I'm thinking of that game. Yeah. If you were a Patriots fan, would you be rooting for Tom Brady in the Super Bowl? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think you've rooted for him for so long. It's almost second nature, right? Would you be rooting for Gronk? Oof. Gronk, the circumstances know. were a little different, right? Like, he kind of... He retired because he didn't want to play for them anymore. <laughs> yeah, then unretired when and something else became more interesting. That I feel a little bit... It's kind of Deshaun Watson-esque. So actually, here's something I was thinking of the other day. Is the better, like, new goat versus the old goat, Mahomes, Brady, or is it Kelsey, Gronkowski? Because you have to argue Gronkowski is definitively the best tight end in NFL history. Yeah, I mean, I think people who really like Tony Gonzalez might disagree a little bit, but yeah. I think what I'd give the comparisons are better between Kelsey and Gronkowski because I fundamentally Gronkowski changed the tight end position into what it was that allowed Kelsey to become who he is. Whereas Tom Brady's career and style has had no impact on Mahomes. I mean, it obviously has because, you know, he's, kind of define the NFL for the last two two decades, but it's not as if Mahomes is sitting there thinking I'm playing in the mold of Tom Brady. Whereas Travis Kelsey is very much following in the footsteps of Rob Gronkowski. And I mean, that's a weird one too, right? You've also got two ex Steelers, which is the other interesting thing that you've got, uh, you know, two Steelers who, and in Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell, who are also going to be playing in these Super Bowls. So it's kind of these two franchises who are both going to see two players they really used to love and who they probably thought for sure that they were going to appear in another Super Bowl with themselves. And now they're seeing them. I guess the difference in the uh, Bell-Brown scenarios is they're at least on different teams. But uh, the fact that you've got Gronk and and, uh, Brady on the same team, it's going to feel a little bit weird if you are a lifelong Patriots fan. So before we sign off, I had one little small story about we kind of discussed professional athletes kind of living in their own little world and bubble and not seeing it through the eyes of the common man. Did you see Ronaldo is currently under investigation in Italy? (laughs) No, but this can't be good. I mean, oh, you didn't hear it. Am I breaking the news to you? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Is it is it is it tax or rape? Uh, neither. Are uh, they both the same thing in our new anti-capitalist manner? Uh, yeah. What is it? Breaking so, breaking COVID. Uh, yes. So he's reportedly being investigated because he went to uh, Turin to ski to have a two-day ski stravaganza birthday event for his what partner girlfriend? I don't know what if it's his wife. I don't think it's I think his it's wife, is like it? Like his? No, I think they're. I think it's. Let's just say his partner. Slash. Now, whatever. Did you? 
call it? Did you call it a ski yeah. or did he I'm call it? I was going to wait a little bit for you to keep talking, but that was... I called it a ski extravaganza, but it was like a two-day birthday ski getaway. Um, in, and you're technically not allowed to go there at all. No visitors are allowed in to where they went. One rule for the rich. By Rita Ora in the UK, um, it's, it's just been found out that she paid a restaurant £5,000 to break COVID protocol. So like one wool for the rich. Why do we let them have this? Hold the line, Frank. Hold the line, you retards. <laughs> Hold the line, you retards. <laughs> I can't believe that's what they call themselves. So I can't. I can. It's Reddit. I can. 100%. It's self-inflicted. It's Reddit. Yeah, I get it. And, so good. and you know, part of it will even be them saying, like, look, we call each other retards. It's not that bad. Yeah. I love <laughs> that I can now legitimately call Frank a retard because he's a part of this. <laughs> and I guess I will just wrap up today's podcast by saying, after hours, GameStop is up 50%. <laughs> Going to the moon uh-huh. after hours. My fear is that my short on BlackBerry, I'm sure BlackBerry are off. Uh, up They're up, but not well. as much. Not up 50. They're up, up 20%. 18%. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's still not great. Anyway, good, good for everyone. Except you right now. Yeah, don't, I don't mind. Some of us better move. That's true. All right, well, talk to you guys next week. See ya.